Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Good evening, everyone. Cheryl Besner, your relationship coach and matchmaker in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. Tonight is going to be a great show. We're talking about you and how you might want to choose a matchmaker, how to choose a matchmaker, what a matchmaker can do for your love life. And also, we're going to just talk about relationships, how we interact with each other and the way we can communicate and the way we can communicate better in the relationships we already have. Remember, this show is about you, your love life, the one you want, the one you need, the one you already have and want to improve, and the things you want to just expand on in life. And Joan Paymont from Intermezzo will be joining me. But first, as always, some dating questions from you. So this week, Dear Cheryl, I have been dating this woman for around six months. We are both divorced and in our mid-40s. Everything seemed to be going really well. We get along on all levels and it felt perfect. But recently, when I asked her if she wanted to go on a Christmas long weekend holiday with me to Vermont, things went sideways. It was only for three days. I got a really nice romantic package deal offer, and since we both ski, I thought it would be perfect. I had booked it. I hadn't booked it yet, but when I asked her, she just went crazy. She got angry and said I had no right to do that without discussing it with her first, which is what I was doing at that moment. She called me controlling, which I have never been, and said she needed time to think about us after the, quote, sin that I committed. She has not talked to me and has been MIA for two weeks. I have given her space, but now definitely she is not returning calls or my emails. I wonder if there is someone else because her reaction was really overblown. What do you think? What should I do now? So first and foremost, I want to say, well, follow your instincts. There probably is someone else there. For all you know, she can be married. But even if she's not, I'm going to go back once again to follow your instincts. What do you want out of a partner in life? Do you want somebody who communicates and who will have conversation with you and not just jump and overreact to things, overreacting in what you consider overreacting? Appreciate the things that you want in life. Find out what it is you want in a partner and ask yourself this is somebody who reacts in the way she did the partner you want and my advice move on chances are she already has as for some dating news and this is going to be something that I'm going to want to discuss with Joan Paymont from Intermezzo coming up I was reading an article by Laura Lifshitz, and she was writing about the 10 lies women often tell on a first date. And my reaction in going through some of these things, like the reasons could be recent heartbreak, their availability, they don't want to discuss absent parenting, um, whether they have exit excuses to get out of the date, all little lies, big ones or small ones, that people might tell on that first date, why would they do any of it? Because the fact is, you're getting to know each other. So maybe it's not about the lies we tell. Maybe it's about how much information we want to put out there on a first date. And guess what? 
My 45-minute rule helps with this one. So right away, let's bring on Joan Paymont from Intermezzo. She is here today and um, lots of exciting stuff for us to discuss, Joan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Cheryl. So Joan, I mean, here was this article that somebody wrote and discussing different aspects and the reasons people might tell lies on a first date. And I want to get into this with you. But before I do, I also want to express how it was so great to meet you because you and I met around four months ago at an event. And it was an instant connection because we both are coming from business backgrounds where we were networkers and connectors and now have both chosen to utilize those skills that we honed for love of heart. And uh, I just instantly connected with you. It was great. Yeah, same here, Cheryl. I was really surprised by how much uh, our lives, our paths had been the same. Strangely, we'd never crossed before, even though our kids went to the same school. I know, it's amazing. And uh, an instant connection, an instant match. <laughs> yeah, well, it's perfect. Two matchmakers making a perfect match for each other. So it, it's really exciting for me because, you know, my first love in this was to be a coach and to support people, you know, from my background. And, and we've both been in long-term, I was in, was in a long-term marriage and you are still in a long-term marriage. And both those can bring a lot of support to people who are looking for love. But my first love is that support, that coaching, and your expertise is the matchmaking. Right, right. So for me, it was amazing to think of the association that we're bringing these two worlds together and the best that we can give the community out there is the best matchmaking and, well, speaking for myself. The best coaching. <laughs> some coaching. <laughs> I, I'm going to humble myself a little bit in there. But, um, yes, and, and what a perfect marriage when you think about it, right? It is. It yeah. is. So very exciting. Um, so just to reiterate, the matchmaking and, and the support is going to be double fold because Intermezzo has been, you've been in business for 20 years yeah. doing this matchmaking. And um, I'm just the newbie here. And as much as I love it, I really want to focus on that coaching aspect of it. And this way we can support my clients and I can also help support the Intermezzo community as well. Absolutely. So this is going to be great. We are talking about the lies also that people tell on those first dates, and I wanted to discuss this. It was something that I read about online, and I wanted to discuss this with you, Joan, because a lot of the people that follow Solo in the City, they don't know what to put out there on that first date, and also they don't always know how to decipher what the other person is saying on the first date. And then often I hear, well, they lied to me about this or that. So let's let's talk about a couple of these issues. Number one was heartbreak. You know, somebody not telling somebody, you know, that they're still grieving over a lost love, something maybe that they just broke up with somebody recently and they're out on this date and it still hurts, but they won't admit it. Normal? What do you think? 
I I don't know. Uh, I I think that on the first date, I don't think you should get into past relationships. I I think you're in the here and now, and you should just be talking about yourself, discovering the other person, keeping it light on the first date. Um, that's the advice that we would give, and it's the one I would give too. So that just said the heartbreak is a lie that we might not tell or that we just omit, but let somebody get to know you. Right. Uh, they don't want to know that you're still grieving over right. something, especially if you're trying to have a relationship. If you're just out there and dating again, well, then again, keep it light because obviously that's what you want. Mm -hmm. But if, if it's negative, you just, on a first date, if it's anything negative, you should just, it's not the time, it's not the place, uh, be it a past relationship, uh, problems at work, problems with children, it's just not the right time to bring it up on a first date. And many people do. Um, another another thing that happens a lot on a first date, I love this one that was part of this article, it talked about the exit excuse. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> you go on that first date and you go, oh, wait, uh, my girlfriend is calling me. There seems to be an emergency. <laughs> often, often a little lie, right? Right, right. Well, we as matchmakers uh, do have a lot of problems actually dealing with the exit strategy. And often someone will say, to, if they're not interested, they'll say, well, you know, I'm not really ready for a relationship and this and that as a way to get out. Right. And then the other person will say, why you, you introduce me to somebody who's not serious, who's not looking for a relationship, which is absolutely not the case. So that's one of the very common excuses we deal with. And that's why, again, 45-minute rule is a great first date. Coming up, determining who's Mr. Right on Solo in the City with Joan Paymont from Intermezzo. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm Cheryl Besner, your relationship coach and matchmaker in association with Joan Paymont of Intermezzo. Also, I want to remind you, I have an 844-744 solo number that you can call anytime. 24-7, you can ask me any questions you have and I will get back to you. You can also get 15 minutes free coaching if you sign up on the website. And uh, if you need a quick fix... I do 30-minute coaching sessions. So again, 844-744-SOLO. And we are in studio with Joan Paymont from Intermezzo. And uh, Joan, we were talking about, you know, little lies that people tell on that first date. And I kind of want to go back to the one that we were saying about that exit strategy, you know, that people tell lies about their friend is calling so that they can leave. And I just wanted to add what you said is that, the 45-minute date rule that you and I both kind of attest to eliminates having to lie and make up an excuse. It gives you a finite amount of time to be together. And then guess what? You can leave at the end of that because it's been defined that exactly. you're going to, right? Exactly. Exactly. So why do you think more people don't listen to what we tell them? 
I wish I knew, but it's such an easy, uh, easy strategy, easy to work with, easy to stick by, and it's only 45 minutes. And I was telling Cheryl at the break that, you know, when you arrive to meet somebody and you have that first second where you sort of decide, okay, this is good or this is not good. From that point on, you have a decision. You're either going to say, okay, I'll just stick this out for 45 minutes, or you can also decide, well, why don't we have fun? Let's order some wine. Let's order some beer and let's see where this is going to go. And you could be really, really pleasantly surprised if if you yourself decide that this 45 minutes will be fun. And and it is mindset. Everything about life is mindset. You can choose to walk into a room and say, I'm going to have an awful time. Chances are you will, except when you life have a switches <laughs> on you and you all of a sudden realize, you know what, this, this isn't going to be so bad. But again, it's your positive attitude. And um, I love what you said, actually, about the trigger, because I can tell you that my first date with my ex-husband and yes he was he is my ex but we were married 25 years when he walked in that door within five minutes I wasn't feeling it and neither was he because of things that were happening around us okay things that were happening with my roommate at the time and everything and he tried to get out of the date and I was like whoa you know uh seriously you're trying to get out on a date with me okay we're out of here let's go to the restaurant I decided I was going to order the most expensive meal on the menu just because he tried to get out of the date but once we got there and we relaxed and we were out of that negative environment that started us off on the back track we had a great first date and in those days I didn't know about the 45 minute rule <laughs> and I don't think he so did. you had dinner right <laughs> we had dinner we had dinner but I can I can assure you that in in present day uh, in dating world the best thing is keep it short that first right. one and keep them wanting more yeah right? we, we tell people all the time even if you're having the best 45 minutes of your life Keep it at 45 minutes and then look forward to the next uh, meeting um, and stick to that rule. And it works. It does work. And, and I will tell you this. Um, I broke the rule once. Once. I can't believe it. It happens to be with the person that I'm in a relationship with now. So there is sometimes where you have to weigh out the situation. And here's where my mind went and I do advise people to heed what I'm going to say. When you are going out on that first date and it is a 45 minute first date and that person is going away on a week long trip or a two week trip, often when people travel, their minds, you know, kind of go in different directions and they meet people. And, and I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had it with clients where I find out why they were away. They met somebody. At that point, if the date is going well and you want to give them a little bit more to think about, stay for dinner. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There is some strategy to all of this, but yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just it. And, you know, we're talking about matchmaking here and the advice and the way in which we work with our clients. The fact is, you know, people think that matchmaking is easy, right? And uh, it's not because there is a lot of strategy that goes into it. There's a lot of work 
that goes into matchmaking. There's a lot of recruitment and vetting that goes into matchmaking. It's not just like, oh, I have a friend, then you should meet them, right? Right. It's not like uh, people will often come to me and say, oh, I would be a great matchmaker. I've matched two of my friends. Uh, That's just random matchmaking. Uh, When you're really working as a matchmaker, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration and you're producing lots of matches in a given week uh, with all kinds of people coming from all kinds of different places. And it's actually a very, very challenging job. It is. And, and, you know, you just mentioned bringing communities together and and matching up all these different people. That's one of the things that I'm so looking forward uh, in our association and working with you at Intermezzo because you have, you know, a much broader band of clientele. You've been doing this for 20 years. And I'm also very involved in the English community, and your your company is very involved also in the French community. So this is also about bringing two communities, the English and the French together as well, and all the different religions and and all the different socioeconomic backgrounds. And um, we're just expanding the pool of people and who they can meet. Absolutely. Uh, It's just more opportunities for everyone. uh, And we uh, work with some wonderful clients who want to meet people from the English uh, community and vice versa. So this will be amazing. And the fact yeah. is, is you know, um, this is you know, this is an English radio station. I'm an Anglophone, but we live in a province where we're the minority. We are twenty percent, and if we only want to date within our community. Well, you only have a finite amount of people to go out with. And especially as we get older, we really do have to expand our social our social circles to be able to meet new people. And I can say that myself, I've dated mostly French individuals in the last well, two and a half years. I mean, I've been with somebody almost two years now who happens to be Francophone. Um, but it, it otherwise it's limiting. On both sides, right? Absolutely. You would be surprised at how many people from the Francophone community come into me and ask me to meet somebody from the Anglophone community. It it is amazing. we deal with it every week, and it's it's fun to be able to bring these people together whose Mm -hmm. paths would not have crossed. Yeah, and and a lot of the, the people who have approached me for matchmaking and a lot of the people that I work with, they've already exhausted the community around them, that five-block radius. That's why they're coming to us, right? They want to meet new people and expand. Otherwise, if it was so easy, you wouldn't need outside help. You wouldn't need a matchmaker. But the fact is, we do to be able to expand out. And uh, it can't just be left up to our friends. No, absolutely. Matt, that's where a matchmaker plays a very important role. And I'd also like to add to what you've just said, technology and social media does not really help to bring people together. In right. fact, in fact, I think it does the opposite. So the matchmaker comes in and our work is sort of old fashioned. Uh, you know, we get to know people, we introduce people that we know to other people that we know. So it's really, really traditional old fashioned, but you know what, it works. It, it actually does work and, and people have to really appreciate 
the amount of, well, integrity, but the amount of work that actually goes into matchmaking, as you're saying. I, I wanted to just um, touch again on these first date white lies and, and talk about other love interests, okay? Meaning you might be dating somebody else. You know, you're just trying to be out there, expand, and then how do you approach the other person and start a conversation and say, well, I am dating other people or you just leave it alone. I want you to comment and tell us what you're thinking. Right after that, we're going to hear what Joan from Intermezzo Matchmaking has to say. How much do you tell somebody about the other people that you're dating while out with that person across a crowded room? Here on Solo in the City on CJD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Cheryl Besner on Solo in the City, keeping you up to date with Joan Paymont from Intermezzo. Proud to be associated with Intermezzo and uh, merging our expertise all under one roof. It's great. Pleasure for us, too, and for uh, our clients well, and members. Ex exactly. For our clients and members, it's it's going to be a wonderful union, or as we say, a wonderful marriage, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. really great. So we're talking about, um, we were just touching base on the fact that some individuals think that when they go on a date, it makes them appear more eligible, more in demand if they talk about other people that they're dating or the fact that they're so busy dating and and some have even used it like I, I've heard it uh, out in public because I'm always listening to people where I'll hear somebody say yeah you know what I, I I had these three dates last week and I'm really looking forward instead to to finding one person and being in a relationship why go into how many dates you had last week rather than just wanting to find one person and have a relationship what do you think? Exactly. Um, I don't even know why somebody would go there, especially on the first 45-minute date. Uh, if you're on the receiving end of that, um, I feel it's a turnoff. I, I wouldn't want to, if I'm out with a guy, I don't want to hear about who he was out with last week. I want to know about him, what he's doing, what he loves, what he's passionate about. Who he went out with last week, not really. Uh, it was sort of shut me down pretty quick. Yeah, and, and even in the dating world, and another thing that we commented on, on earlier, and by the way, you can listen to the show on SoundCloud and hear everything that already went on in the show. We were talking about social media and how it in, in interferes, actually interferes in our dating and relationship world because it can be two people start, you know, not exclusive dating, and then it grows and it grows and you think that you're getting there and you possibly are and then all of a sudden a picture pops up on Facebook of the other person with a group of people out at a party and you're wondering is he there or she there with one of the people in the picture and that can really hurt what you're already going towards right absolutely yeah so 
communication. That's how you avoid it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to talk face to face. Uh, no texting, no emails. Uh, it's the texting is the best way to miscommunicate your feelings. So, and we hear so much about uh, people, especially uh, online dating, who start texting for weeks before even meeting. And you have all this miscommunication going on and all these expectations and which are usually wrong. Right. And it's a non-starter from the beginning. So you've lost weeks texting and writing and not even speaking on the phone, which is not either the best way to get to know someone, but uh, it, it's pretty bad. It's uh, for, for meeting the right people. It's not the way you have to talk. And especially so back to, you know, these first date lies, because we're talking, that's what the show's <laughs> all about is these first date lies. Actually communicating the phone call. And we do have Skype and Facebook or, or FaceTime. FaceTime. <laughs> the best thing is, why are you texting back and forth? We're not here for a pen pal. We want a relationship. Get to a Skype so that you eliminate that first Pinocchio go walking into a restaurant and realizing the person on the opposite end of that drink is not who they appeared to be. So why not also eliminate that lie and exactly know who it is that you're meeting by getting on a Skype or getting on FaceTime together? I... I tell that to all my clients do mm -hmm. that first well or or trusting your matchmaker who tells you well who tells you <laughs> go and meet this guy or go and meet this girl you'll really like her and, and nothing like face-to-face uh, -face, um, meeting and talking and looking at the other person in the eyes uh, you know uh, communication 93% of communication is nonverbal so we believe strongly in having people meet face to face. Well, that's where the matchmaking that's comes where in. The that's matchmaking where the matchmaking comes Because yep. what we're talking about, you know, was online and, and right. getting offline. But when it comes down to it, the matchmaker is, listen, the fact is, for those of you who don't know what a matchmaker does, I think that's one of the things that we should be explaining. Because it's not just, well, I have a Rolodex of women and a Rolodex of men. And we just take out two cards and match them. So, Joan, a client a, a client is signing with Intermezzo. That first meeting and they sign up. What is it? Explain to people what it is that you do differently than what their friend would do. Well, I have to get to know my client, but it has to be in a very neutral way. You see, when a matchmaker matches a client versus a friend matching another friend, a friend will always introduce you to somebody that he or she likes. And if you look at your own friends and who they're with, they're not necessarily people that you like or would want to be with. So the matchmaker is really 100% dedicated to finding the right person for you. Even if it's not somebody that the matchmaker likes, it makes no difference. So what, what a matchmaker is looking for in a match are three fundamental things. We know that chemistry is a non-negotiable, has to be there. We're looking for values and compatible lifestyles. And that's what the matchmaker tries to bring to you. Someone who shares these uh, three things, these three important non-negotiable elements, and that has a chance to 
uh, bring love in your life. Bring to the final bring goal. Bring to the final goal. And exactly. the goal is, because that's one of one of the things that we always talk about, lifestyle values and goals. Yeah. And the chemistry just has to be there. It but just that has goal to be has to be yeah. the same, right? Yeah. So the matchmaker doesn't have to ask you uh, 700 questions uh, like we'll see online. The matchmaker really wants to know who you are, how you live, what's important to you, and to bring these people to you, put them on your path so you can actually get to meet them. We are talking about really how to utilize the services of a matchmaker and what they can do to you here on Solo in the City on CJAD 800 with Joan Paymont from Intermezzo, my uh, fantastic new associate. And... Um, one of the things that I, I think we should also really explain, because I get this question a lot, and it's like, well, you know, do you, when, when they walk through the door, do you have somebody for me? And my answer when I'm working with my clients is, I might, and I might not. But that's why you're hiring me, because one of the things that we do is we actually go out to find the person who's the right match for you. And that's the recruitment part of it. You know, and that's where you and I, you know, from our, our backgrounds, the networking part mm -hmm. and, and the connecting part, that really helps us because we do know how to network. And that is part of a matchmaking service. We have to get out there and meet a lot of people so that, because they might not just walk through our door to be the right match with one of the clients, right? Constantly searching for people. I walk around with so many people in my mind and every time I meet someone, I start thinking, who would this guy or this girl be good for? So recruiting is the most important thing uh, and where we invest the most in finding the right people. And the vetting. And that's the other thing the that we do is we actually meet with people before we connect them. Nobody is being matched unless there has been a one-on-one. -on -one. And that's one of the most important things that we can do as matchmakers. And by the way, you can do for yourself. I want to remind you, follow us on Facebook because there's always some great tips for you when it comes to your relating, dating, and a mating life. And if you are single, another way to help us recruit is to sign up on the free database. You can do that on Intermezzo as well as CherylBesner.com. We are here for you, Cheryl Besner and Intermezzo Matchmaking. So keep listening because we have more great tips coming up for you here on Solo in the City and CJD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Desner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Cheryl Besner, your relationship coach and matchmaker in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. And Joan Paymont is in studio with me tonight. Lucky me. So, Joan, we're going to keep talking about, well, different relating, dating, and mating issues. Um, this is a, a, a part where I want to introduce somebody from New York. He actually wrote a book called Sectionary. But before I introduce Timothy, do you find in association with your clients, you often get faced with terminology 
that they come up with that you're like, mm, I've never heard of that. Because I know I do. Like every once in a while, Same I get here. stumped, right? Same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, with the millennials. Right. Um, we talk a whole different language. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of the millennials that I coach and, and, you know, they come to see my shows or my workshops, they come out with things and I have to go, can you please elaborate on what it is that you're trying to express rather than, listen, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think we both need to read that book. <laughs> we do. We do. All right. So um, I do want to introduce you to Timothy Smith. He is from New York City and he is the author of Sectionary, S-E-X, Shinary, just like a dictionary. And that's what it is. Timothy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Sectionary is a dictionary of all the sex terms you want to know, including sexual identities, positions, fetishes, and more. How did you come up with the idea of writing this book? We were in an editorial meeting at uh, Cleus Press, and everybody kicked around some ideas. And everybody said, well, you can go online and get sex terms, but you, there's really no book that is like an all-encompassing book. So that's how we came up with the Cleus Press Sectionary. It's an all-encompassing book in, in one book. You don't have to go online and search all these terms. You just have it right in front of you. So that's how we came up with it. It's um, We think of it as like the Webster's for sex. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and we're talking about like 200 and some odd pages, 240 pages of different terms. And, and it is interesting because, for instance, you know, Imagine if you're out with somebody and they say, hey, are you into takatikote? It's not referring to a Japanese restaurant, is it, Timothy? No, it's absolutely not. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's really a- similar to, to ball busting instead of a, a Japanese restaurant. Well, yeah, and actually the definition that you have in the book is it's a common type of rope bondage that binds the arms to the torso. If somebody asks you that on a date, you don't want to say, yeah, I, w- I would give that a try thinking that it's a restaurant, right? <laughs> Joan, that could be kind of <laughs> uncomfortable. Could, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I apologize. I thought you had said ta- tamakeri. Oh, um, no, tecate cote, right? Well, maybe I'm also not cote. pronouncing it right. I don't. I, some of these words... The definition is a lot easier to read than pronouncing the actual word. Yeah, you know, know, it's interesting that you say that is because we had always kicked around the idea of doing like a a spelling bee. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, just imagine like having having that. Having these words um, and having somebody say the country of origin, is it a noun, an adverb? You know, we thought it would be a, a very good idea, but obviously um, it's uh, it's ra- rated for mature audiences, so well, unless it, it's a podcast, it's, it's going to be an issue. Well, but here's the thing. We're going to be kind of doing this. So on the last Saturday of every month, we do a live show with a panel. So Timothy has agreed we're going to do a whole show on sectionary and we're going to be a little bit pg about it but we're going to really go into the book and ask our panel of two men two women kind of like what you're saying the game show and seeing if they can figure out the terminology because the fact is as joan and i were saying i think we all need to have this book because 
you never know when you're going to be faced with somebody asking you if you want a facial, for instance, and it's not about buying a L'Oreal cream and doing a face mask. So we're going to find out about all this, and I'm going to leave you hanging with that one until November 25th when Timothy is going to join us. So, Timothy, thank you very much for I'm only doing this on. for you, Cheryl. <laughs> no, no one else is, is, is getting a full show with me. Well, I appreciate it, and we are going to enjoy it. So on behalf of our listeners, thank you, and everybody stay tuned for the 25th and when we welcome back Timothy Smith to the show. Joan, lots of stuff going on in our future together and really supporting the community at large, and uh, it's going to be... Really wonderful working with you. You have 20 years of experience. And, you know, one of the things I just want to say is I really respected when I met you and you told me how you came from the business world and you actually took a job at Intermezzo. And your whole real purpose was you thought by working there you could fix up a girlfriend who had just gotten divorced. Exactly. And you fell in love with the business. <laughs> exactly. Right? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And so Joan was really overqualified for the position and just said, no, no, it's okay. I just want to work here. And uh, here you are all these years later owning the company and uh, spreading the love. Just been an amazing experience meeting the best people, uh, seeing them fall in love. How can I not love it? Well, I'm going to love working with you, and uh, it's going to be great because we're just going to be able to give more support in more ways to everybody. And create more love. And create more love (laughs) and spread the love. So thank you so much, Joan. Pleasure, Cheryl. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow, Sunday, 10 a.m., meet me at the Smith House along with Ramona and Bhaskar from Dana. We are going to be doing our networking event. So we walk around the mountain and there's going to be several professionals there, including myself and somebody else from Intermezzo, to answer any questions you have about politics, about your accounting, anything. So meet us there 10 a.m. tomorrow at the Smith House. Next week again, remember, we have another great show coming up for you. Thank you to Fernando and Ramona for helping us spread the love. And thank you for listening. And see you next week for more things to keep you up to date. And in the meantime, keep it simply social. Because we all know it's all about the kiss. Good night, everybody.